0: This is Marjorie Bros, and I want to tell you a little story about how I became a teacher. Now this is a story that I would tell to my students at middle school status um, it's it's an introduction to who I am and if they want to ask questions they can ask me questions later or even privately so I tell them I was born into a Christian family and this Christian family they taught me about Jesus they taught me about God's son who died for me and rose again and they taught me how to know him I was the oldest of four kids and we were all born within five years of each other so my mom was always pregnant but my parents didn't really know that I I was really really shy I mean they knew when I hid behind my mom but they didn't know what it was like for me to go to school I remember even as a kindergartner it was my birthday I'm sitting in the red chair and they were celebrating my birthday I was just so quiet so shy I remember one time spilling the straws and I was so embarrassed. That was all in kindergarten. Moved to middle school and if the kids saw me talking, if the other students saw me talking, they would say, wow, Margie just talked. So that's how bad it was, really. My parents started taking in foster boys. They had a license for six emotionally disturbed foster boys. This was my dad's dream. We moved to a new house with 10 acres and he loved and wanted to love. Of these boys that had been misplaced, they're out of their family, some of them were up for adoption, they just needed God's love. And my dad's had such a heart for them and I love that about him. So we had 15 people in the house during middle school and then high school. We had mom and dad and grandpa and then the kids. My mom and dad would adopt some of the boys then there'd be more room to fill for more foster boys. My mom and dad they were so good. We always ate dinner together. We all had chores. It was an amazing way to grow up really and my mom and dad were so good at giving me attention if I wanted it. I remember having a story to tell them. I came in from out outside and they were reading the newspaper. They liked that paper because I grew up in the 70s and I went to college in the 80s. I remember them putting down their paper and listening to me and then I remember my sister coming in and telling them the exact same thing. Put their paper down and they listened to her tell the exact same story and I thought my parents are showing so much love. They're giving attention to us. For some reason it just stuck with me that They loved me. I really believed they loved me. Of course, they had no idea what was going on at school and how shy I was. And as I went into high school, it felt more and more like a prison, really. It was just, it was so awful. I can't even describe it. And I was going by my feelings so much. I remember writing in my journal, today was a good day because, or today was a bad day because. So I had good or bad days depending on what happened. Because I let my feelings control me. But between high school and college, something happened to me. And it was something spiritual. It gave me a new courage inside. And it was pretty amazing. So this is what I would say to my students. But to you, I'm going to tell you guys that I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was so supernatural and yet so natural i had been asking the Father God for this baptism of the Holy Spirit with this prayer language like my mom had. Because I would hear her praying in tongues. She'd even cover herself up just to probably feel like she's alone and just pray in tongues. She always prayed in tongues. And I I wanted that gift. And I saw in the Bible that it was for me. It was for anybody who wanted it. And um, I wanted it. But for two years I hadn't been able to receive it and my mom didn't know how to help me. And so one time we were coming back from somewhere and the windows were down. We don't we didn't have air conditioner in our van. For some reason I had a whole seat to myself so I think that time there wasn't very many times the foster boys usually came with us but that time it was just our family because my dad made effort to do things with just our family once in a while which was really nice and really good of him it took a lot of effort. I remember the Holy Spirit saying just speak so I thought okay so I just said a syllable like ah low "k." You know, it felt kind of like I was making it up, but he wanted me to step out of my comfort zone and begin to speak a language I didn't even know. And that language developed into a sentence and then two sentences and then a language as a month went on. And man, but the whole time it seemed uninspired it just seems so natural which i can i understand now why but then i was like it seems like i'm making it up but i'm not sitting there trying to imagine in my head the next word to say it's just coming it's on my lips it's coming from somewhere and so i just kept speaking but these thoughts were coming to me and the enemy was saying you're making this up you're making this up but i just kept doing it kept doing it and by the end of the month I put my foot down, and I said to the enemy, I am not making this up. I am not that smart. And that was the end of that. Like, he just stopped bothering me anymore about it. And I've grown in, in my prayer language. I've gotten more vocabulary, and I use it as a prayer language. I don't really use it in front of groups of people with an interpretation because I figure... Well, let's just prophesy instead because the Bible says it's the same thing, but I can see how it would be something the Lord would use, especially if I am speaking in a language of another person in, in that place or that would hear it online. I can understand how that would work and be cool. And I've heard a lot of those examples happening, but anyway, it changed my life. I still had the same old way of thinking, but I had a new courage, and I felt like I really did receive some healing inside, and maybe a deliverance, because um, as I was saying, I did feel like I lived in a prison. So... In university now, I go to university, Point Loma um, Nazarene University in San Diego, and I'm from Northern California. So this was a good hours back then to get from one to the other. And I remember every line I stood in, which was a lot of lines back in those days because we had computers, but they were big old chunky things that were slow. And we stood in a lot of lines and I made myself meet five people in each line because that was the new courage in me that I had. I forgot to tell you that when I was a senior before this baptism of the Holy Spirit, so of course I wouldn't say that to my students, but if they asked me about it privately, I could tell them about it. But I'm telling you, before my summer, my mom had tried to help me come up with some prompts of things I could say to someone I'm riding by. I'm sitting by on the bus on the way home from school to start a conversation, and I could not get myself to use any of them. It, everything just sounded so out of the blue. Even like, "So what's your name?" It just sounded too out of the blue for me. I, I didn't use them. It was sad. So the Lord healed something in me dramatically. I still had to renew my mind. I still had that process, and I still had to walk around my campus with this ver. A couple verses. One of them is Second Timothy. 1 7 god has not given me the spirit of fear or some versions say timidity but of power and love and a sound mind and i would just walk around my dad told me you walk like you have a purpose walk with your head up and your shoulders back like you have a purpose walk fast and i would have have a piece of paper in your hand he'd tell me And that that helped me actually a lot. And the piece of paper I had in my hand was that verse. And a second verse, which I can't remember right now. I had so much, you know, trying to come at me in the way of fear of man and what they thought of me. That even though I was healed and I had this new courage, I still had to renew my mind. And so that's, that's how you renew your mind. You renew your mind by taking the word of God and just ingesting it and saying it and muttering it and pondering it up here and and just preaching it to yourself so how do i preach it to myself that i'd say it like god has not given you the spirit of fear marjorie you do not have the spirit of fear he god has not given you that he's given you good things like power and love and a sound mind he's given you the you know that i preach it to myself and I'm telling you, it's been a long um, time of renewing my mind in different areas. That is one thing he was helping me with right away. And I still had a long ways to go. I did. I didn't even know what to major in. I just, I knew, you know, everyone wanted me to go to school because that was the thing to do. I didn't know what my major was. I didn't know what in the world I wanted to do. I just chose communications because I remembered when I was younger, I wanted to be a speaker, even as a shy girl. So I knew it wasn't me that put that desire in my heart. It had to be God. I was a communications graduate, but I didn't know what to do with it. Even after I graduated, I bagged groceries. I became a copy girl for a law firm, an eviction law firm. Then I drove the whatever they're called, to the courts. And then I started dating a young man named Glenn Brose. And I joined Master's Commission, which was a one-year commitment of a school, a Bible school, until 12 o'clock and then a different ministry every single day I would volunteer at for five days a week. And I, I had a hunger for the Lord. It had increased. I loved him so much. I still had a bit of a religious spirit where I wasn't vulnerable with people. Like I didn't let them know things I was struggling with. I still had that mentality that I had to be good. And I wanted man to see me as good. When I say man, I mean man, woman, whoever you are. I wanted to look good. I wanted to look spiritual. I wanted... And I really did love God. And I really did have a heart for the lord but this part of me that cared about what people thought that was still there and god was really trying to help me renew my mind in that area and i'll tell you how he did it but this one of my One of the other students at this Bible school, one of his ministries was at Donovan Prison. Outside of San Diego, there's a prison called Donovan Prison. He ministered with the men and he invited me and some of the other students to come along with him. And so I did. I had been to prisons before because one of my foster brothers that we adopted that I loved dearly ended up in prison. And so I'd visited several prisons to visit him. So I I had a heart for prisons. So I went with him. And oh my goodness, I loved. It was at a chapel. The men were singing all their voices together. I didn't even want to sing. I just wanted to listen. It was so beautiful. And they were singing that song about how if you're poor, he makes you rich. You know, it's all the, all the opposites. I can't think of the song right now, but it was so beautiful. And every time I hear it, I just remember hearing these men's voices. It was so dramatic. For me, it was so moving. And then I got to teach some prisoners in a small group. And I taught them the Word of God. I did a Bible study. I don't remember what I taught, I have no idea. But a few weeks later, one of the prisoners told my friend, that girl that taught us she has a teaching gift. Well, no one had ever told me that before. I didn't know I had a teaching gift, but it must have, it must have really hit something in my heart because I must have known, oh, I did feel fulfilled when I was teaching them the word of God. Well, that prisoners encouragement sent me back to school, the same university, for a fifth year, and I got my teacher's credential. I didn't really realize as until time went on that it wasn't really teaching in and of itself that brought me such fulfillment. It was more teaching the Word of God. Again, I wouldn't say all that to the students, then I would tell them that, you know, that prisoner had no idea. But now I teach in a public school. I teach you guys. I lived in Uganda, Africa, and I taught a ton of the Bible there. I was just there this past summer, and I got to dedicate a baby to Jesus and pray over the baby with a microphone in front of people. And I have absolutely no fear. There's no nervousness. Nothing like that. And so it's quite amazing what God has done. So as a teacher, I'm just telling about my life. I'm introducing them to myself. It's my story. I'm careful about what I say, but like I say that my parents taught me about Jesus. My parents taught me that he died and rose again for me. And then I say something happened in between high school and college that changed my life and it was something spiritual that happened and it gave me a new courage inside and then I do talk about the prisoners and how that one prisoner really encouraged me because I had taught them a bible study and and he told me I had a gift of or he and how I lived in Africa and I might say I was a missionary in Africa and so this is something that I believe you could do as a teacher I'm sure there's going to be people that say no I can't do that this is what I do with one-on-one I might go into more detail but one in front of a group I would do less it just really depends too on like I know my students and I know their backgrounds and a lot of them have Catholic backgrounds because they are Hispanic or Christian backgrounds if I had a Muslim in the class What would I do if I had a Muslim? Because I have had Muslims in the class. I would talk to my Muslim translator and say, hey, this is what I planned. Are you okay with this? And she'll usually say, yeah, that's fine. That's how I do it. I didn't have students asking me specific questions, but you know, it's sowing a seed. It's sowing a seed. That's one way you can bring Jesus into your classroom, even if it's just one time. We also can teach about what Easter means to Christians. We can teach about what Christmas means to Christians. We have the backing of the law to say that we can do this. I took a whole class on it. So if you're interested in finding out the laws about these things, let me know and I'll look them up for you. So this is Marjorie Brose signing off.